trigger warning. The following episode contains references to Animal cruelty Human suffering Death Factual inaccuracies Several entitled people making light of all these things. If any of the aforementioned topics cause you discomfort, you may want to listen to a different episode. Let those who worship death smite beware my power, the Greenland Shark! I'm Sean. Do you want a human push pop? Frozen 3 got weird. I'm Andy. Maybe that Richard Chase guy really knew something we didn't. I'm Adam. Run down, tired, excessively rich. Try child blood today. I'm Kelly, and this is Acid Pop. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. Today, we're going to talk about the pursuit of immortality. Oh, I've already, I've already done it. <laughs> so far, so good. Yep. Oh, You're- good. I've always wanted one of those. <laughs> An immortality. So, etymology of immortality, it comes from Latin immortalitatum. <laughs> immortalitatum. I like mashed immortalitatums. <laughs> I like immortanningtatum. <laughs> Which means deathlessness Ooh. or endless life. Nice. Makes sense. It also means imperishable fame. Yeah, sure. That's, so. that's the kind of immortality I have. Not not the not the real kind, but the bullshit yeah, kind. The real kind, that internet famous. <laughs> We're gonna be talking about you for years, Andy. I know. I was a Star Wars kid. (laughs) (laughs) So getting into our fears, I've got two for us today. Wow. Who would be afraid of being immortal? There is one. Hmm. It is apirophobia. Explain yourself. From Greek apiros, meaning infinite or boundless. Huh. Huh. So fear of infinity. It's the fear of infinity or eternity. So be a similar fear to being like omnipotent or something. (laughs) (laughs) Do not put that person in a calculus class. Now, interestingly, these people could be afraid of immortality, but they're also afraid of death because yeah. they're afraid of the afterlife, which is goes on too long. Yeah, I don't want to die and I don't want to live forever. I just need <laughs> to live just the right amount. <laughs> I mean, if, if they both go on forever, I'd rather take column A. <laughs> I hear column B is really cool. <laughs> Depends on the afterlife, I guess. <laughs> I'm going to weigh your heart against a feather. And for that fear of dying, we have thanatophobia which is fear of death so for our acid pop quiz we've got a couple interesting categories here um first for our true and false we're going to go through a few different ways that mythologically you can achieve immortality okay and you're going to tell me if this is a a real myth or a fake myth (laughs) yes a real myth or a fake myth See how many I've tried. Which one of these is the real way to become immortal? (laughs) So can you become immortal by pissing off God? (laughs) Yes. Didn't, like, Cain did that. He was like, you're going to wander around forever. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that seems true. This is true. Uh, It's true again and again and again, (laughs) actually. (laughs) It's just that easy. (laughs) Cain, in trouble for killing his obnoxious brother, got to live forever. And... (laughs) 
Smack on Abel out of nowhere. His nose whistled. And he just <laughs> Clicked his teeth in his sleep. Hi, King. What are you doing today? Can I take along? Oh, my God. <laughs> Give me the strength. There's also the Wandering Jew, a guy who had the nerve to tell Jesus to hurry up on the way to the crucifixion. <laughs> <laughs> Some of us have jobs to go to. I haven't got all day here. <laughs> Tell you what, this crucifixion gridlock. <laughs> we just have the one cross. <laughs> Other people need to use this cross, you know. Wait, was he being crucified right after? Or <laughs> I, in most of the tellings of this, he was like a cobbler, and he may or may not have hit Jesus with a sandal. If you had a proper pair of shoes, this wouldn't be taking so long. <laughs> also, like tons of Greeks who are tormented for all eternity for this or that. Yeah, does that count if you end up in Hades? Are you still... Some of them ended up in Hades, but okay. like, it never says they were killed. They were just put down there. Mm. So mm. it's, you know... Pushing boulders. Yep, Sisyphus. All right. How about eating unicorn meat? Mm. That sounds like a Harry Potter thing. Yeah. In fact, I think it is. <laughs> Let's say false. I'm going to go with false. I feel like... I mean, they always want unicorn bits... Ew. But I feel like this would make God mad in the wrong way. <laughs> so, no? You are all correct. Yeah. Unicorns are great for curing poisons. Ah. If you want to eat a mythical animal to obtain immortality, try the ninjayo. Someone else <laughs> say that for me. N-I-N-G-Y-O. This is Legos, right? Ninjago. Ninjago. Yeah. <laughs> Spinjitsu. <laughs> Which is also sometimes called the Japanese mermaid. How am I ever going to eat a ninja? <laughs> yeah, but you eat that Japanese mermaid and like nine tenths of people turn into weird monsters. <laughs> These creatures, though, they're described as having like a monkey's head, golden scales, and the voice of a bird. So... <laughs> Like, th- don't just go out looking for a pretty fish woman because you'll be on the wrong track. Are these the ones that they put in the sideshows a long time ago? Yeah. It's what's closest to that. Yeah. Hey, honey, let's go see that Ninjago. <laughs> <laughs> one of them picture shows. Their meat was supposed to be very tasty, but catching one meant terrible calamity. Gadzooks. <laughs> <laughs> it did grant immortality, though. So, you know, do what you need to do. How about Jade? Oh, yeah. What about it? True. She was turned into a revenant in Mortal Kombat 11. <laughs> so it's sort of immortal. Or drink it. Or both. Yeah, I mean, I just watched that Forbidden Kingdom movie recently. I think he was some sort of jade elixir. Yeah, powdered jade sounds like a thing, so I'll go true. But then I think he was killed by a jade dart. <laughs> well, like kills like. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's homeopathy. <laughs> <laughs> So this one's true-ish. I mean, no one thought that Jade alone could make you immortal because there was plenty of it laying around to lick if you wanted to. (laughs) 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 But it was a common ingredient in immortality elixirs. Mm -hmm. For flavor. So green. (laughs) And (laughs) some Imperial Chinese were also buried in suits of Jade, which was supposed to preserve the body so that they can continue living an awesome life after death. So it's not like concrete shoes. No, no. It's very rigid. You're going to say they dropped the casket and it sounds like somebody smashing a plate. How about magic peaches? Yes. Uh, yeah. This is very I, true. Yeah. It's from the same movie. You guys are up on your uh, immortality mythology. Well, I've so tried cool. it all. Ate so many of them that they tried to melt them in a furnace. <laughs> this is true. And turned them into jam. So this one's true. 
And it's specifically those sort of squashed looking flat peaches. Mm. Oh, really? That the- they sometimes called donut peaches. Yeah. Simmons, uh huh. <laughs> I didn't realize it was that kind. Yeah, it's it's uh there was a Chinese goddess who had 3600 peach trees in her garden. Mm. Uh all of which granted eternal youth. Nice. King so- ate like 5000 of them. <laughs> <laughs> then they put them in charge of the stables. <laughs> they were supposed to ripen every 3000 years and whenever they ripened she'd throw a party. <laughs> Woo! Um, for all the immortals to come and eat them. And I don't know why, because they were already immortals. So <laughs> double immortal. <laughs> it's like a booster shot. Like you have to yeah. keep taking them. Oh God, it cancels out. <laughs> I will set up a follow-up appointment in 3000 years. <laughs> Just don't eat the asparagus of mortality. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we have 100% on our true and false. Go team. Moving on to short answer. Let's see if we can keep this going. The first one's easy. In a callback to our trees episode, what's the oldest tree, and how old do we know they get? Oh, uh, well, I mean, it's a bristlecone pine. Yeah. I, I think it's about 5,000. Oh, yeah, bristlecone pine, not a redwood, sure. <laughs> <laughs> and you, they live in our state. It's a national tree. Look out your tree. window. <laughs> they look like horribly sick trees that should have died long ago. <laughs> it's just very old. I, I think 5,000 sounds about right. I'm going to go 3,000. So this is the bristlecone fine. They do live at least 5,000 years. Yeah. Which, for context, that's before, like, the invention of writing. <laughs> so they've done some studies on them recently, and they were able to see that a 4,700-year-old bristlecone pine showed no increased mutation rate over huh. a young tree. Wow. So they look all ugly and gnarled and old on the outside, but on the inside... They're just as young as when humanity was building the pyramids. Just like my wow. grandpa. Oh, man. Here's the, here's the deal. We're going to get real rich with this podcast. And I'm going to buy and chop down a bunch of bristlecone pines. And we will have the oldest house. <laughs> I'm on board with this plan. Oldest house in the world. I think it's still a new house. But it's made of such old material. But it's an old soul house. <laughs> Plus, the bristlecone pines are so twisty. It would be like the jaggediest house you yeah, ever you'd saw. Yeah, you have to be the crooked man. The slanty shanty. <laughs> All right. What is the oldest verified solitary animal? Now, for definitions, solitary means not like a colony of coral. Okay. Uh-huh. And wow. verified means they know the age. Uh-huh. They're not guessing. I think I know this one. Is it one of them immortal jellyfish? Greenland, green, la- green, green lantern shark? Lantern shark. Green something shark. <laughs> They're so full of courage. Uh, We've got superhero sharks. We've got immortal jellyfish. What are you guessing, Adam? Uh, I want to say it's... Oh, it was some sort of shellfish, like a clam or an oyster, and they named it Ming. Hmm. Ding, ding, ding. Oh. It is Ming the Quahog Clam <laughs> at 507 years old. Oh, yeah, Not the anymore. shark I heard about was like 400. Ming died. he was delicious yeah they immediately killed him by sticking him in his freezer (laughs) but they didn't know how old he was until after they pulled him out of the freezer oh (laughs) we've done a bad thing (laughs) i have good news and bad news do you like really old chowder (laughs) for context that's around seven years after columbus first tried attacking the americas um Quahogs generally live about 225 years, so he was old by clam standards. He was getting up there. 
<laughs> so I feel like this one's been given away, but we're going to do it anyway. What's the oldest living vertebrate? Oh, the Greenland shark? Yes, that's that shark. <laughs> and how long do they live? Uh, I just read about this recently. 400 years? I think it was about, I think it was 370. 300 sounds good. So we really don't know. Uh, well, <laughs> I would. Right. It is the Greenland shark. Yeah. Um, and they estimate, they don't have a verified age like with Ming the clam where they could just count the clam lines. They estimate they've found sharks between 270 and 500 years old. Ooh, and they all look like old, like they look old. Yeah. <laughs> don't they do something creepy like count the rings in their eyes or something? Sort of. So they don't have bones or something they can use to age them. <laughs> They're big jellyfish. <laughs> Well, they, I guess the way they're, they're cartilage. They're cartilage, yeah. Yeah. Um, But the shark's eyes lenses don't change during their lifetime. So they can use the radiation from the bomb tests in the 50s, which shows up in their eyes, to judge which sharks are 50. And then from there, (laughs) they can just look at the speed at which they grow and estimate their age. Huh. Which is why it's not verified in the what same way. What sharks have growth spurts? Yeah. It's like, if you were to guess how much older this eye is than this <laughs> eye, what would you say? So they think uh, Greenland sharks don't even reach sexual maturity until 100. How do we know sharks don't like regenerate their lenses every 60 years? <laughs> <laughs> that I don't know. That's why we can trust Ming more. God rest his soul. <laughs> you could say their eyes are really red. No, I would never say that. Oh, okay. So now we've got some terms. What is Senescence? Senescence. Uh, it's a spinoff company from Sensi, and the lady is constantly coming to my door. She's like, you want to buy some Senescence? It's yeah. all cinnamon scented. It's a, it's a superpower that lets you detect senility. <laughs> uh, it's... When you have a Ouija board and you try to contact old spice merchants. <laughs> <laughs> so this is essentially the science word for aging. Mm. Yeah. It's the loss of a cell's power to divide and grow, which uh, makes you get old. Well, mm-hmm. give me more of that dividing and growing. Well, not too much. <laughs> what are they called? That's cancer. They're little thingies. I always forget the name of them. I do not have that written down. What uh, little thingies? Well, like they found this this little protein or something in cells, and it's like its length is directly correlated to how long things live. It's the telomeres. Yeah, yeah something telomeres. with a T. <laughs> I used to watch the telomeres with that baby in the sun. But every every time your DNA splits and replicates, it loses a little bit off the end. So you have yeah. telomeres at the end of the DNA that it can afford to lose those every time it splits. And then once it loses all of them, it knows to kill the cell. Mm-hmm. Except for lobsters, because they can regenerate it. <laughs> Turn me into a lobster. But then you'd be a lobster. Yeah. <laughs> and you'd be delicious. <laughs> <laughs> that would give me claws for alarm. Is this going to be a regular no. thing now? <laughs> the secret to immortality is not excessive pun. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the cost of immortality. <laughs> what is uh, parabiosis? Parabiosis. That's when a biological thing is paralyzed. Sounds like a Cajun word. Oh, no, parabiosis. There's parasite. Parabiosis would be would be something that kills 
the ecology to live the thing. Does the high pit help? <laughs> it does. Yes. All right. Parabiosis is the surgical joining of the blood supplies of two organisms. Ooh, like the Russians did with dog heads. So let, like, say, a young vital mouse to an elderly infirm mouse. <laughs> Why have we done this? <laughs> we'll get into it later. Would that be kind of like uh, male and female anglerfish, too? Yeah. I mean, I, that wouldn't be surgical, but I, oh, I same see. general idea. What is the 2045 initiative? Mm. That's when they killed all the Jedi. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Order 2045. <laughs> uh, I'll bet that's something dumb. Like they keep saying that, oh, you know, life expectancy and medical, you know, technology expand the, you know, expand the life expectancy every year. And at 2045 is when life expectancy will go up by one year every year. I want to change my answer. I think it's like a Y2K, but it's in our DNA. I think the 2045 initiative is the initiative to figure out how to put our brains in robot bodies. Hmm. Andy with the wild lucky guesses is closest. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So founded by Russian billionaire Dmitry Itzkov, uh, the 2045 initiative is an organization with the goal of developing robotic AI to the point of the singularity. Hmm. And then we can implant our consciousnesses into these robots and live forever. <laughs> Wait, so he wants to make AI and then kick the AI out of the robots so we can put us inside? I think he just wants us to join the AI. Okay. And then we're all Major Makoto Kusanagi. <laughs> <laughs> Their goal was to develop a fully functional robot brain by 2020. Um so they need to hurry up. <laughs> <laughs> it's crunch time, guys. And 2045 is when we're all supposed to be able to have robot bodies. I think I can make that. What is trans differentiation? I've heard this. I have too. Cannot... Come Recall. on, biologist. <laughs> is this is this when you put your consciousness like into the computer? Not like putting your brain into a robot, but like your brain in into the circuitry or whatever. Uh, That's a guess. It's when you just put your brain in something else, like in a gorilla. <laughs> trans differentiation is the difference between a steam engine and a bullet tran <laughs> sure got all them trans so this is the process of cells turning into different kinds of cells mm. it's what immortal jellyfish can do so well um, so their muscle cells can become egg cells or sperm cells and their nerve cells can turn into muscle cells and they can just mix themselves all up and one okay. day they accidentally turn into nothing but muscle. <laughs> a little soggy steak drifts to the bottom of the ocean. They flex on the whole ocean. <laughs> so that's the end of our quiz. You guys started strong. <laughs> and finished stronger. <laughs> you got to coast all the way down. It's because we know about the science of mythology. <laughs> we're going to move on to our stories here. So first we're going to talk about Qin Shi Huang, the first emperor of China. Wow, first one. We are talking about a man who united China in 221 BCE. So uh, take these stories with a grain of salt. (laughs) However, we do have textual evidence of his search for immortality. We have correspondence to and from the emperor from regional governors regarding how the hunt was going. Am I immortal yet? (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Somebody try and kill me. (laughs) These were written on strips of wood and found in 2007. Oh, wow. Cool. So, 
we do know he was a real person who was really trying to become immortal. <laughs> That's a start. Or at least someone had a subscription to Story of the Month Club. <laughs> so Quin Shui Hong became king of a region of China at 13. Man. And united the six kingdoms and named himself emperor. Literally. That's a busy 13-year-old. His name means emperor. Oh, um, okay. Before that, he was Ying Zhang. At 38, he had succeeded at this feat, and he wanted to enjoy it for a while. <laughs> like forever. Exactly. Yeah. As many whiles as he could have. So he sends orders to every regional province of China, telling them to get to work on making him immortal. <laughs> you have one job. <laughs> on that, boss. And the uh, various regional heads do their best. <laughs> he gets letters like, uh, we found this herb on a mountain. Maybe you should eat it. Um, <laughs> smells like forever. Simultaneously, he surrounds himself with the best scholars of the age who put him on a steady diet of mercury pills to ensure <laughs> sure he'll live a good long time. Yes. Our top scientists are on it, sir. See our Mercury episodes for details on how that works. Eventually, he gets a letter or a strip of wood from a guy named Zhu Fu. <laughs> Zhu Fu. Like Zabumafu. Who lived on Zifu Island. <laughs> In the town of Zifu. <laughs> Zhu Fu says he knows what's up. There's a place called Ponglai Island hidden out in the Pacific Ocean. There, he says, there's eight immortals who have the elixir of life. Just one thing. He needs a really nice boat and about 6,000 virgins to offer as tribute. Oh, 6,000. <laughs> <laughs> That's so many. What would he even do this with all eight those? Guys, they're immortal. You can handcuff them. They don't have laser eyes. <laughs> <laughs> they're just dudes. <laughs> so the emperor sails straight to Zifu Island and drops off a nice boat and 6,000 virgins. Just dumps them onto the beach. <laughs> yep. <laughs> get off, get off, you, get off. He also apparently wrote on a stone there, arrived at Fu, and carved this stone. Apparently, <laughs> that stone's still there. So Fu was here. When I'm just picturing Normandy with, like, the, the troop boats just unloading virgins. <laughs> <laughs> go, 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 go! <laughs> Zufu then commenced to chilling with his new boat and 6,000 virgins. <laughs> this is a pretty nice Raise, vacation. <laughs> Raise your hand if you have a penis. That's what I thought. 6,000 virgins on the beach. Actually, men and women. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, they're just virgins. You don't know what those immortals want. It's true. Meanwhile, the emperor, not one to put all his eggs in one basket, <laughs> sent out four people in search of the elixir. Four more people. Each with their own 6,000 virgins. <laughs> 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 and then his country was empty. <laughs> Only one of them returned and without any immortality in his pocket. <laughs> the other three became immortal. Yep. Yeah. They all live on that island now. Around this time, there was an attempt on his life, and Quin Shi Huang began to get a bit paranoid in the style of Stalin. Mm. Uh oh. <laughs> So at his palace, he had elevated walkways and walled roads installed, connecting each building so that he'd never have to walk exposed. I'm a gopher, I'm a gopher, I'm a gopher. <laughs> Every window was covered, and anyone who mentioned his location was put to death. <laughs> and everyone who works here has to dress like the emperor. <laughs> I've made the spruce goose. <laughs> when he overheard a rumor that the alchemists who were working for him were just, you know, messing around... <laughs> He got a little pissed off. We made fireworks. <laughs> foom, foom. <laughs> How do these make me immortal? 
Uh. Well, he decided if they were so capable of making people immortal, he would put them to the test. <laughs> he would see if they could bring themselves back to life. That seems a little different. 460 scholars were buried alive. Wow. Okay. I could find no info on any whether any of them had successfully brought themselves back from this. Lost a lot of alchemists that day. We could be turning lead into gold right now. Not yet, anyway. I mean, there's still time. Well, maybe maybe they're just biding their time down there, waiting for the emperor to be gone. Yeah, that's what I mean. So after that, he went to check on Zhu Fu. <laughs> no luck, Zhu Fu said. <laughs> oh, you, you just missed them. They were here. But now I only have 100 virgins left. <laughs> but Zhu Fu had an explanation. There was a big fish in the way. Oh, man. <laughs> I got a really big fish. <laughs> So the emperor jumped in a boat with him, shot a whale with a crossbow, and told him to get back to work. <laughs> Declared himself greatest emperor ever. Let <laughs> show you how you do a fish. From hell's heart, I stab at thee. Get back to work. <laughs> <laughs> on the clock here. Zufu sailed off and never returned. <laughs> but he didn't need to worry because the emperor died on his way back from his whale killing expedition. Oh. Oddly enough, it was mercury poisoning. <laughs> well, how could this have happened? He was 49. That's not a bad run for that time. Yeah. It only took 11 years for the mercury to take him. <laughs> Meanwhile, the Native Americans got a supply of 6,000 virgins. <laughs> and as he'd assumed he'd live forever, he left no heir. So, knowing this would cause chaos, the minister with him tried to cover up the emperor's death for as long as he could. <laughs> He's in his mole tunnels. <laughs> let, me, let me just stick my head in his room and ask him what he wants. Uh, yeah, he says to proclaim this. Ice cream, please. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the emperor wants ice cream. Well, they were on the road when he died. So he sent his body home in a covered carriage, flanked by carts full of rotting fish. <laughs> so no one would smell the decaying body. <laughs> and he regularly climbed in to feed the emperor. Oh, God. Oh. What a nightmare. <laughs> Was he feeding him the rotted fish? <laughs> Sadly, you can only weekend at Bernie's and Emperor for so long. <laughs> oh, now I want to see this movie. <laughs> Talk about a puppet emperor. <laughs> so within three years, the united China fell back into kingdoms. Years? Give the advisor a raise. Oh, you heard him. <laughs> emperor said. We need 3,000 more virgins. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah! <laughs> the frogging him around. <laughs> the emperor never appears without something like waist high in front of him. I need an alchemist. <laughs> My advisor will now drink a cup of water while I prepare. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so uh, now we're going to talk about parabiosis and the. Elizabeth Bathory approach to immortality. Mm -hmm. So the idea that blood can be used for healing is an old one, going back just as far as the idea that getting rid of blood is good for healing. <laughs> Somewhere in the middle there is our sweet spot. Keep your own blood. I'm going to take your blood and put it in him, and one of you is bound to get better. You give me half your blood, and I'll give you half of my blood. <laughs> so we have a report from Pliny the Elder of a man drinking the blood of a fallen gladiator to cure his epilepsy. Did it work? <laughs> Pliny thought was a great idea. Uh -huh. Louis the Eleventh of France reportedly drank the blood of healthy children to prolong his life. <laughs> healthy children, that's important. <laughs> It's like a vampire. 
And we also have reports of people hanging around at beheadings to grab a cup of blood on the cheap. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody got your cups ready? Here we go! (laughs) If you're in the splash zone. (laughs) So it's a really bad Gallagher show. (laughs) By 1666, we have the first blood transfusion, which was between two dogs. Wow. How'd those dogs do that by themselves? (laughs) They had an assistant named Willie Harvey, William Harvey, who used a goose quill to connect their arteries in their neck. Weird. Stay. Stay. (laughs) We need to do a goose episode. Shortly thereafter, a man died from a transfusion of cow's blood. Don't do that. Well, I can see the misunderstanding. (laughs) So it doesn't work in all cases. Blood is blood. Apparently... They did it three times. Like the first time he didn't die and they were like, okay, this is good. And the second time he got really sick and they were like, well, that's probably a fluke. Probably and then the now. third time he died. Plus he had like eight times the amount of blood he needed. Count that blood. Oh he looked like the, the girl from Willy Wonka except red. <laughs> They're going to go juice him. Oh, <laughs> So, moving forward, in the 1950s, scientists managed to connect the circulatory system of elderly mice to young mice. Mm. And it worked great. (laughs) They both lived three times as long. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the elderly mice immediately got healthier. Mm. We don't know exactly why this worked. (laughs) Good question. This isn't just a blood transfusion. The mice were attached so it could be that the young mice were acting as sort of a second set of organs mm. for the old mice. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Cause yeah, I mean, they'd be getting like oxygen from their lungs and like their blood would be, would be filtered by the other mouse and stuff. Yeah. Exactly. I gotta stitch a child to yourself. Yeah. Mouse dialysis. Just stitch a hundred mice to me. <laughs> <laughs> or one cow. I, I lie on my back and they carry me where I need to go. <laughs> I am the rat king. <laughs> It should be said of this experiment, also a bunch of mice died, um, which may be why they discontinued the study. They just both tried to go in a different direction. (laughs) You made a a much nicer sound effect than I would have given. (laughs) (laughs) Well, then the tiny fire hose noises. (laughs) But the evidence we do have is enough for Trump advisor Peter Thiel. Good, good. Yes, thank you. (laughs) Squeak, squeak. I'm a mouse. (laughs) We need all these children to visit the Trump White House immediately. <laughs> oh, God. He's a billionaire who, like most billionaires, likes being a billionaire and would like to never stop. <laughs> so he's pouring money into studying how fresh young blood might keep him going <laughs> as long as possible. Oh, no. This is terrifying. At least that's what's said. Thiel's oh. people will never neither confirm nor deny his interest in feasting on the blood of the young. Yeah, because he would take all their blood if they came out <laughs> against him. <laughs> There is, however, a startup to serve his needs. Okay. Ambrosia is examining the effects of using the blood of the young to (laughs) decrease signs of aging. Everything about this sounds evil. (laughs) And for only $8,000, you can take part in their studies. Oh, really? (laughs) And get some fresh young blood in you. Oh, I thought maybe they're going to give me $8,000 to give, give them some blood. Nope. Accepting orphans now. <laughs> when interviewed about this, he said, <laughs> Delegations against the nonsense. <laughs> I must go advise. Flat, 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 flat. Flick of his cape. He probably has a little uh, Renfield with him. Have you met my new assistant, Mina? <laughs> 
So let's say you want to live forever without feeding on the blood of the young. Mm-hmm. What fun is that? <laughs> and maybe you like it cold. Yeah. It's time for cryonics. Yeah. Yay. Uh-huh. Fun. Yes. Step one, we destroy all your cells. <laughs> Step two. <laughs> uh. Still working on that. With cryonics, people are frozen, sort of, immediately <laughs> after death. The plan is, eventually, science will catch up and dethaw these people and bring them back to life. Great plan. <laughs> so it's actually a bit more complicated than that. They actually use or claim to use vitrification, replacing 60% of the water in the body with protective chemicals and then keeping them nice and chilly. The problem is these protective chemicals are highly toxic. So even if uh, you've got new problems in addition to the being dead problem, they're not going to be toxic to future people. (laughs) Yeah, This is supposed to prevent the formation of ice crystals, which would destroy the tissue of the corpse. Like Dippin' Dots people. This kills the corpse. Except we should be careful. The cryonics people argue that these bodies aren't actually dead. <laughs> oh, then why did you Except- poison my dad? <laughs> <laughs> Except they do it just after you die. Well, they do it after your heart has stopped. Sure. Oh, but not brain death. Well, and after brain death. Okay, well, you're losing me. I didn't see a soul come out of his body, did you? <laughs> his hair was still growing. Basically, their argument is... The bar for what legally dead is keeps moving, and in the future, (laughs) it'll be further forward, and instead of being corpses, these will be people in need of immediate medical attention. You see, death is a spectrum. (laughs) Your friend is only mostly dead. (laughs) And you can be frozen for the low, low price of $28,000. A day. What a bargain. (laughs) Or $200,000 depending. Depending on the facility. Hmm. I'm going to go with the more expensive one, I think. (laughs) You got to shop for deals when it comes to cryonics. (laughs) All right, here's the deal. I'm going to put this money in the bank. And then by the time you wake me up, the interest will make it millions (laughs) and it's all yours. I'm just going to put $5 in the bank. Yeah. Suckers. So let's say you do want to take the bargain basement approach to cryonics. (laughs) Then maybe you would have been looking up Robert Nelson. Would you like to look at our Encino Man package? (laughs) Squeeze the juice. (laughs) Robert Nelson, a TV repairman, got interested in cryonics in 1962. And like many who've discovered a new hobby, he joined a group that shared his interests and was shortly voted president of the Cryonics Society of California. Oh, yeah, he fixed our TV. (laughs) Must be a pretty smart guy. And the Cryonics Society of California was the first to freeze, although they don't like that term, someone. What term do they use? Chillify. (laughs) (laughs) Suspend, I think. The early suspensions weren't exactly fancy. This was more (laughs) dry ice and styrofoam. (laughs) (laughs) Very uh, beach trip style. (laughs) The trick is to add salt. (laughs) Yeah, the dry ice is so when you open up the thing to resurrect it, it goes, froosh. (laughs) The poor guy, after his uh, first patient, a bunch of people in his society died, so he had to freeze three more people and keep them on dry ice at the mortuary because they weren't really prepared for a rush. (laughs) And they're still on the board. (laughs) Eventually, the mortician got jumpy. (laughs) So they cut open the one official cryo capsule they did have, shoved the corpse aside, and stuck the other three bodies in as well. (laughs) Perfect. Quick, quick, quick. They're let all the cold out. <laughs> <laughs> Not paying to 
cryogenically freeze the whole neighborhood. <laughs> Apparently getting all four frozen bodies to fit in the capsule made for one was a bit of a puzzle. <laughs> Wait, let's just chop them up. <laughs> Science will figure it out later. Just do it. They've been cold for so long that they fold real easy. <laughs> <laughs> just label all the parts. He continued in this do-your-best approach, buying a vault and stacking capsules full of corpses like cordwood and trying his best to keep them cold. <laughs> he ended up with nine patients, but liquid nitrogen is expensive. And yeah. in 1976, he ran out of money and just sort of quietly slunk away. <laughs> he's now, or not now, but he, I think it actually is now. He's being sued by the relatives of the uh, now definitely dead. <laughs> I'm sorry, your father has spoiled. <laughs> In his defense, like, from my reading, he wasn't trying to take advantage of anyone. Got but he did head. make a series of bad decisions. Yeah, I mean, he like, basically started a pyramid scheme, but it had a really <laughs> shaky bottom. <laughs> and that's it for our stories. Hmm. He didn't well, give I've, us the secret. <laughs> as I've said, well, I am immortal. Um, that's where your stories come in. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Yeah, like I said earlier, so far so good. Just like any yeah. teenager, I'm immortal. <laughs> You've been drinking the blood of the young again, Andy. Not drinking. <laughs> like with that company, I feel like even if they did find a better solution to immortality, they might still try to take the blood of the youth. <laughs> Just for the fun of it. Well, yeah, we found that island with that elixir, but what fun is not having child blood around? <laughs> so when I was in grade school, and maybe you all had this experience too, I read the book Tuck Everlasting. No, I never, never read it. Okay, so Tuck Everlasting is about a girl who stumbles across a family who accidentally drank from the, uh, essentially the, what's it called? Fountain of Youth? Fountain of Youth, yeah. Fountain of Youth. Tugwa Fresco. Um, and it's a really sad <laughs> story about how sad and lonely they are. <laughs> um, and like it really worked on me and for a very long time I was like dead set anti-immortality <laughs> yeah. it's important to have stances Rumika Takahashi's uh, mermaid saga doesn't make it seem very happy either essentially there's a lot of people that want to eat those mermaids and if you do eat them like most most people turn into monsters so there's all these people like okay I'm gonna get this mermaid and we'll see if it's good or bad you eat it first <laughs> well that's a good mermaid <laughs> <laughs> Anyone else have any immortality feelings, pro I mean, or anti? I, I, for me, if there was something that definitely worked, it'd be hard to find a price that was too high. <laughs> I'd have a long time to get over it. Yeah. I mean, and I'd want an out. <laughs> I wouldn't. I don't know. You got bored. Gonna get bored. Yeah. I don't know. I'm like, you'd get really good at a lot of stuff. I want a robot body. I'm with the 2045 initiative. Get me yeah. a robot body. My body hurts sometimes. Robot bodies don't hurt. If you I feel like that's a problem. Like you wouldn't know when your robot body needed fixed. Yeah. No, I'd just go into regular maintenance. <laughs> You'd have a little beeping light. Oh, I see. Yeah, the check body light is always on. I never know what that means. <laughs> I want to be an Adrian Barbobot. <laughs> yeah. If you haven't played Soma... I'd play Soma. It's a really interesting take I on a little uh, bit of it. I had to play through some of it, and man, there's parts where you're like, okay, I mean, I have to shut you off, sir. I'm just going to yeah. turn around and walk away. 
it gets uh it gets real weird yeah you got to play that whole thing yeah. to really sink into what it's thinking about you but play like, the stupidest man who ever lived <laughs> <laughs> but they, they always give you choices like are you going to turn off this guy i was like yeah i'm a real boy and these are all pinocchios <laughs> well if that's it for stories let's move on to what are your morals worth how much to manage recruitment for the Ambrosia Institute for a year. Oh, what am, am I recruiting? Both sides. Oh. Stupid rich people and young poor people. <laughs> this is going to be a high one. Yeah. Do I get to partake in the blood? That could be your price. <laughs> Do I get like little samplers to bring home or something? <laughs> I mean, it's it's just blood. People donate blood all the time. It's not going to help the rich people, and it probably really won't hurt the poor people. It's, it's not... I don't feel like this is that bad. I, I envision a daybreakers or a matrix like scenario. Yeah. People are just hooked up to children. <laughs> <laughs> Got like Walk a toddler hanging from one of those uh, IV bag holders. It's like a camelback, but it's a kid. Yeah. Hold on. Let me. I don't know. This doesn't seem super bad. I Since they're rich people, I'm going to ask for like $500,000. They can afford me. Yeah, the thing is, I am just like the world's worst salesman, <laughs> so I'm going to have a hard go of it either way, so it's not going to be a pleasant year just on that front, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't feel like this is doing any harm other than taking money from rich people, and that's that's not a Yeah, that might be a net positive. Yeah, and when you look at it that way. But yeah, I I hate sales, uh, but... Ah, two hundred thousand. I'd probably do that for a year. I feel like when you're trying to sell immortality, most of your sales are already done. Yeah, you got to convince them it works. Well, just look at this tree. It's been using our blood for years. <laughs> <laughs> it's a piece of horror work. <laughs> uh, what do we got? Two hundred thousand, five hundred thousand. Yeah, take them for what they're worth. Feels a billionaire. <sighs> so, what's that like? It per year? Five hundred thousand a year, just in one go. Just we're one just go doing one, one year. year. Oh, okay. Hmm. Let's assume you're going to be fired. Yeah, well, for I not think, selling enough child blood. I think I can undercut Sean. Uh, I'll do a hundred thousand. That's a, that's a good good amount of change. Yeah, I think I need to go a bit higher. Um, Are like, you like children or something? There's just something <laughs> intrinsically evil of yeah about stealing the blood of the youth, <laughs> giving it to the yeah. rich old. It feels a little wrong. <laughs> It just just doesn't feel good. The optics are off. <laughs> That'd be a hard like. Worse would try to be trying to be marketing for this team. I'm just an iron reallocator. <laughs> like, how do you put a positive spin on that for the media? I mean, this is real like evil future sort of shit. <laughs> Except it's actual present. It's soylent red. I'm gonna ask for five hundred thousand. They're good for it. Yeah. Now we're rich. I can afford the blood. <laughs> <laughs> Finally. All right. Thanks to the crew for joining me today. Thank you to our eternal editor, Gerard. <laughs> if you want to see more Acid Pop, check out at Acid Pop Podcast on Twitter or Instagram. You can contact us on Reddit or at acidpoppodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for tuning in. And remember, the children are our future, especially if we harvest them for parts. Bye. Goodbye. Blade. Blade.